The following is a presentation from the MJ Cast, the internet's premier podcast on all things Michael Jackson. You're listening to the MJ Cast by MJ fans or MJ fans. The idea is to uh, innovate, or else why, why am I doing it? When I create my music, I feel like an instrument of nature. You let it create itself, really. I know I do. And I love to entertain. That's that's one of my favorite things. Welcome to the MJ Cast, your source of news and discussion on the King of Pop. Hello and welcome to the MJ Cast. It's Saturday, the 6th of August, 2016. I'm Jamin Bull and I'm here with my co-host Q and two very special guests. Today we'll be talking all about some new Michael Jackson footage that you may never have seen before. A lawsuit being brought by 3T against Radar Online. And the Michael Jackson history statue designed by Diana Walsack being unveiled at Mandalay Bay. And of course, brand new music from none other than Tarrell Jackson. Q, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Excited. (laughs) This is a big episode for us. It is. I'm just looking at footage of uh, one of the the news stories today in the background, getting distracted by it. So yeah, but no, it's going to be a good day. We've got... uh, a, a good friend on the show joining us for a couple of segments. And then we've got another new voice to introduce to you all today as well. Absolutely. We've got Sandra Della Vega here. Sandra, how are you? Yes, how are you? Very good. Hola, thanks. Sandra. Hola, this is Sandra Della Vega from Peru, Lima, Peru. Lima, yeah. Peru. Amazing. So here we are in Australia, Sandra, Lima, Peru. And Charles, welcome back to the MJ cast, and you're in England. I am. Has Donald Trump built a wall around England for you yet to keep the brown people out? (laughs) I think we're going to build a wall to keep Donald Trump out. (laughs) That's a good idea. isn't it bad enough who you've got in the country now, like in your, like, prime minister and all of the parties? Well, that certainly is an issue. Uh, Maybe we could build a wall and bury them in it. I can't believe what is happening in the England. All the Brexit, people scared of brown people and stuff is ridiculous. <laughs> it is quite scary, yes. Um, so, England, I wish you all the best of luck. And don't worry, we've got a couple of idiots that just got into our parliament as well, which I still cannot believe that these idiots got voted in and got seats in the Senate. Can't believe it. Thank you for your support. I support you. I have a spare guest room if you need to come and escape England. I don't think he'd be able to sleep, though, if he's banging away on that typewriter in the guest room. He doesn't have his typewriter with him today. Thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Charles. Poor Charlie. Ah, so how about we kick things off with uh, the news that Charles here to talk a little bit about. We've got a couple of news items that uh, have cropped up in the past couple of weeks. One of them actually being... Uh, fairly fairly serious. Uh, as as you would know, listening to the show, the past few weeks, uh, it has been a quite a difficult time for Michael Jackson fans around the world, uh, especially with a lot of terrible, terrible uh, news stories, kind of, uh, or should I say tabloid stories, uh, sweeping across the planet, all starting from Radar Online, of course, uh, with their disgusting... Um, stories about Michael Jackson, fabricated ones, of course. And so what's happened is Michael Jackson's nephews have brought a lawsuit 
against Radar Online. Charles, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes. Uh, Michael's nephews, Taj, TJ and Terrell, better known as 3T, have brought a $100 million defamation suit against Radar Online. Uh, the lawyer that's representing them in that case is Bert Fields, who MJ fans may remember as Michael's former lawyer who represented him in his Sony negotiations in the early 1990s and then in the 1993-94 Chandler allegations. The lawsuit uh, pertains to a series of stories which were published by Radar Online, which alleged that Michael Jackson had uh, used pictures of 3T in their underwear to excite young boys so that he could molest them uh, and also alleged that uh, members of Michael Jackson's family had been victimized by Michael and then implied strongly that the people who had been victimized were his nephews. Bert Fields claims in the, in the lawsuit that each of 3T has been damaged personally and professionally by these allegations. Certainly, I, I can totally see how that, you know, is the case. I mean, these are horrible things that have been said about 3T and uh, it's, I'm, I feel very sorry for them, actually, that these lies are, are out there about them. And there's so many people that I guess would pick up or access those kind of news stories online and just take them at face value, especially people that haven't been educated on the truth like we have about Michael's. So... Yeah, I feel very sorry for them, and I think it's excellent that they've decided to take this course of action. Yeah, well, it's um, it's interesting because Radar Online just published like a a whole collection of extremely negative stories. Of course, the first one to break was uh, the claim that uh, new documents had been released about the raid on Michael Jackson's home in two thousand three over the Gavin Arviso allegations and uh, a lot of the material which was included in that story did turn out to be bogus. Uh, so there was um, a claim that he had possessed a photograph of a young girl in a noose, uh, which it turned out the photograph had not even been taken at the time. There were pictures of supposed vintage child porn magazines, which it turned out were contemporary legal pornography which had been photoshopped to look like old uh, magazines so uh, that story was debunked uh, pretty much although some of the police reports which were included in it appeared to be legitimate um, and interestingly those police reports the copies of the police reports had contemporary dates and notes written on them which would suggest that they were given to Radar Online by somebody who is involved in a contemporaneous legal action uh, against the Michael Jackson estate. Uh, but there was this other story, which I've got a copy of with me here from Radar Online. It was published on the 24th of June. It said that a private investigator with direct knowledge of the raids told Radar, quote, the detective's report cites Michael even used sexy photos of his own nephews in their underwear to excite young boys. Now, that line comes after, immediately after, a suggestion that Michael's own relatives had been victimized. So here is the, uh, the sequence of the story as it appears. It says, in the process of digging into his dirty double life, Cops interviewed two of the late Beat It singer's family members about his creepy secrets, a source claimed, and authorities even worried that he may have victimized his own relatives. 
One private investigator with direct knowledge of the raids told Radar, quote, the detective's report cites Michael even used sexy photos of his own nephews in their underwear to excite young boys. Jackson had always taken a special interest in his nephews, the source claimed, even writing a letter to their late mother, which warned her to please read this article about child molestation and then read it to your son. Now, what 3T are alleging is that the sequence of this story where it suggests that uh, Michael's own relatives were victimized and then immediately afterwards states that Michael possessed photographs of his nephews in their underwear, they are saying that this suggests that they were victims of abuse. Now, the same story goes on to claim uh, that there was a relative who uh, the police believed had been abused by Michael uh, it says, an insider said Jackson's people got wind of it and Jackson spirited the relative off to an island. When that person returned, Jackson also purchased them a brand new car, which we understand, along with the trip, was to shut them up. Now, they're saying that the totality of this story implies also that one or more members of 3T were involved in that incident and therefore uh, accepted bribes in order to cover up abuse by Michael Jackson. So their lawsuit is uh, against all of these um, issues, which they say are defamatory and have caused them damage in their personal and professional life. Which is bullcrap. Interestingly, Radar Online has issued a statement, but it only acknowledges one of the claims which is mentioned in the lawsuit, Regarding the uh, issue of the supposed photographs of 3T and their underwear, uh, Radar claims it simply correctly quoted a theory which was expressed by detectives in official police reports. The spokesman said, Radar looks forward to correcting plaintiffs' misstatements in a court of law. Doesn't address any of the other issues about uh, implying that the nephews were abused and so on. So... Radar's response here, not particularly thorough. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what they say when they come to court. Defamation actions in America generally are not one, uh, because in America, the courts place massive emphasis on the First Amendment right to freedom of speech. So you find that a lot of celebrities actually bring defamation suits in England, but not in America, even if the story was published in both places, because in England, the defamation laws are much more stringent. Michael actually did the same thing. Uh, he sued the Mirror newspaper in the UK in the early 90s uh, when they published pictures of him on stage on the Dangerous Tour, which appeared to show him with a hole in the side of his nose under the headline Scarface. Um, that case ultimately was settled in the late 90s, I believe in 1998, where Michael's lawyers accepted in court that the newspaper had published the pictures in good faith because they did appear to show a hole in the side of his nose. But at the same time, the mirror accepted publicly that the pictures had been misleading. But interestingly, of course, multiple stories published in America along the same lines over the years and Michael never took legal action. So it's interesting that uh, 3T has brought this action in America and not in England, particularly since part of their complaint is that the story was picked up internationally, including in the UK. I remember when that story 
came out and that Michael took action against that because it was just shadows, like, from the lights on his face. I remember that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that, like, the the 3T boys are taking action and being very vocal about this, as well as some of the other family members as well, and yet we haven't really heard anything official from the estate at all, have we? Uh, no, I don't believe so. I mean, the estate... I think they did issue... Did they not issue a response to um, the story about the raid? Did they issue a response? It was a response to someone, but it wasn't like a blanket statement, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Some of those documents that you were talking about, the police documents that, that have notes on them, those documents were real, but those documents also sort of show that those 3T photos that someone said, oh, this is you know, something really dodgy here. And then even one of the police officers recognized 3T and like, this is actually a photo shoot from a, a album cover. So that was actually in the document as well, wasn't it? But they sort of yeah. chose to ignore that point and continue on with the misleading first impression that someone had had. Mm. The pictures that um, are being talked about are the ones from, I think, the photo shoot for the song Why?, and, yes. um, you know, the truth is that, that there are some pretty, um, I don't know how to say it, but like sexual, Racy boy sexualized. Band photos. Yeah, there are. There's some sexualized photos in there. There's, yeah, which is a boy boy band trope. Like that's what boy bands do. They, they do. There's one particular photo I've seen that I think is that may never have meant to have been public. I don't know whether it's just a costume mistake or something but i think it's tj jackson's holding a shirt across his waist and uh i don't think he's got anything on under it and the shirt's coming down a a fair way (laughs) but um i think it's just like that was just maybe like an outtake or something and was never meant to be seen by anybody and somehow it got out there and has been twisted and made to look like something devious which which it's not well, I actually, when I was a kid and I was a Michael Jackson fan and I used to collect everything that I saw with him on it, um, I actually remember buying a stationery set in a shop which had some pictures from that photo shoot on it. It had like a badge and a pencil and a pad and a postcard and some other stuff. Cool. Um, so these were, yeah, I don't have any of it now. I don't know where that's all gone. But I remember these images being on shop shelves at the time. You know, these were not secret pictures. This was a a well-known photo shoot. The pictures were all over the place. Uh, It would have been taken in a a studio with lots of people around. Yes. Um, So it's a a deliberate misrepresentation of, you know, okay, you, you could argue that given that Michael had just come out of the other side of the 1993 allegations it was not a particularly sensible photo shoot for him to agree to. I certainly would accept that argument if somebody made it, but to try to suggest that it was in some way an abuse of his nephews or or in some way seedy or manipulative or anything like that is just nonsense. It was a, it was a professional photo shoot in front of lots of people to promote a product, and the pictures were all released publicly at the time. And these are these are artists, you know. These are people that want to explore their creativity. I I don't see. Uh, it just frustrates me that it's been twisted into something sinister yet again. 
and they're good looking guys. They, you know, like why wouldn't three T want to show off their bodies in a photo shoot? They're the, good the looking girls guys. loved it. Absolutely, the girls loved it, and some of the boys too. So yeah, that's anyway. It's awesome that like three T are putting themselves out there and and standing up for themselves, but also standing up for Michael and his name against this bullshit and just to remind everyone radar online aren't they owned by the same company as national enquirer is that correct charles oh it beats the hell out of me i have no idea i have a feeling isn't that correct somebody Jamin? google it i think jenkins spoke about it in that episode well the national enquirer actually just to reaffirm my point about libel laws or not libel defamation laws in the uk and america in um the uk the National Enquirer blocks its website. You cannot access its website from the UK uh, really? because huh. wow. the stories that they publish, they feel they are able to publish in America because their libel laws are quite weak. Whereas if they published those stories in England, they would be liable for all sorts of lawsuits. Um, so they actually filter access to their website in the UK specifically so that people in the UK cannot read the stories and therefore they cannot be sued over them. <laughs> that is very interesting. Wow. I had no idea about that. And yet we've got Radar Online that publishes the same absolute rubbish. Well, actually, th there is a, another important point to make, which is um, because Michael is dead, defamation law in the UK and in America, does not apply to him. There is no protection from defamation for a deceased person. So uh, the National Enquirer's uh, firewall there is because they publish stories about people who are still alive all the time. Mm. But the reason that these stories about Michael are picked up internationally is because defamation law does not protect the dead. I mean, the National Enquirer has been reporting that Cher is on her deathbed for about five years now. Oh, my God. Nothing will kill Cher. <laughs> <laughs> there is a petition or something out there to help change the defamation laws, I believe. the Is it that is it called the AdFloor Initiative? I think it's called CADEFLOR, Californian Defamation Law, okay. uh, that they're trying to change. I guess they're trying to use California as a test case. That's been going on for years. Yeah, um, it has. I mean, I, I don't know what degree of success they've had or what stage they're at with the campaign. But it, it is an oversight for sure. It's a, it's a terrible oversight because it means that, you know, a media outlet essentially can say anything it wants about anybody as soon as they're dead. You know, so uh, the way I was trained uh, was that you should never say anything about somebody in print just because they're dead. If you can't prove it to a standard which would have allowed you to publish it when they were alive, there's no reason why you should suddenly throw that out of the window just because they're dead. Just because the law says you can doesn't mean you should. But, of course, with Michael Jackson, ethics and integrity do tend to go out of the window somewhat. Even publications, which I usually have a lot of respect for, do kind of um, cheese me off with their coverage of Michael Jackson because... It just seems like all traces of professionalism go straight out of the window. It's just open season, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's like they just think, oh, well, everyone thinks he's a weirdo anyway. You know, 
he can't sue us because he's dead. We'll just run it. And it's just laziness. It's just laziness and unprofessionalism, as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, there are newspapers that I love, like The Guardian is a fantastic newspaper, but its coverage of Michael Jackson sometimes, I just think, what are you doing? What are you doing? I remember during the Conrad Murray trial, it ran something by Deborah Orr, where she um, she stated as fact that Michael had given alcohol to children in Coke cans. And I was thinking, where are you getting this from? It, you know, the the trial, that was an issue at trial. He was charged with doing that, and he was acquitted. It just seems like people have no respect at all for good quality journalism where Michael Jackson is concerned. They just, it's lazy and crap a lot of the time. Charles, I have a question about something you mentioned earlier Uh with the documents having notes, like recent notes and contact details of someone on there. You said that seems to suggest maybe these sort of came from someone that's in dispute with the MJ estate? Yeah, there were, um, there were notes on it, uh, kind of. I remember there was, um, there was a note on one of the pages about Ron Zonan, one of the prosecutors in Michael's trial in 2005, and it said he may be willing to talk and to help us, something like that, and then it had his phone number on it. So it would suggest that those documents are the property of somebody who is attempting to um, to bring some kind of case against the estate. I mean, the, the speculation in the fan community, of course, was that uh, it's connected to the Robertson and Safechuck case, although we can't prove that. But it would... Speculation is... Yeah, it would appear that it's it's something in the, in that kind of vein because how would somebody have obtained those files? Well, almost certainly because they're part of a legal procedure and the contemporaneous dates and notes would suggest that it's somebody who's part of an ongoing legal procedure. So it narrows the pool somewhat unless there's somebody out there that we don't know about yet. Um, and of course, uh, I don't know if they did contact Ron Zonin, but he actually did issue a statement, didn't he, about all of these rubbish stories. And he actually came out and said, no, there were no child pornography found or anything that is in these articles found at all. So he actually came out sort of in defense, I guess, of Michael, which we were surprised by. Well, yeah, because Ron Zonin hates Michael Jackson. He um, is extremely bitter about the uh, verdicts in the Michael Jackson case. He's on record as saying that he got off because he's a celebrity. He's on record as saying that Michael got off because the jury were idiots. He uh, So for him to put out a statement uh, actually confirming that some of the contents published by Radar Online were fabricated was incredibly strong you know because it and damning for the estate as well i felt when the estate is not really coming forward and doing anything uh meanwhile somebody who actually hates michael jackson's guts and thinks he's a pedophile is the one to come forward and say actually yeah the documents are fake yeah that was very interesting why do you think the executors of the estate are not coming out and and speaking out against these bullshit stories and and manipulation it could be because they don't want to fan the flames and legitimize the story it could be because that multiplies the story so 
in the world of, of internet journalism, see, old school, when there was no internet and it was newspapers or magazines, the newspaper or magazine would prepare the story, then they would call the estate, the estate would give a comment, and then in that one story which would appear in print, they would include both sides. But nowadays, where everything is just printed immediately uh, straight onto the internet, if the estate responds, that creates a second story, um, and it kind of keeps the fire burning. So they may be thinking that if we don't respond, then the fire is stamped out quickly, whereas if we do respond, we're keeping it alight. That said, it could also be laziness or incompetence or a lack of impetus. There's even a, one theory, which is that uh, because the estate is facing this massive lawsuit over its um, alleged tax fraud, where it valued Michael Jackson's name and image at $2,000 or whatever it was, it actually the estate actually said that the reason for that low valuation was because of allegations of child molestation. So it may be that they wish, this is the theory, it's not my theory, but it's a theory which is floated on the internet, is that they have a vested interest in Michael Jackson's name being smeared because it bolsters their case when they come before the IRS to try and argue that his image and likeness and so on are of diminished value. Uh, and that's also... Uh, the people who espouse that theory also cite the fact that they uh, previously, whether intentionally or unintentionally, um, sabotaged a uh, legitimate complaint by Taj Jackson to the British press regulator about uh, another bogus story, which was published by The Mirror about two or three years ago. Last year, um, I think it was, because uh, we spoke about it on the show. Was it last year? Yeah. I think it seems like longer ago than that. Early last year, I think it was. I'm sure we spoke about it in season one. Well, there's been multiple stories that Taj has complained about. Um, I th I remember speaking with you about a different one, which was the one where it actually went through the process and then they ruled against him, um, even though the newspaper admitted that it had no evidence for its own story. Um but there was one previous where okay. um, Taj filed a complaint. Then there was a campaign run by fans saying, why is it the family that has to file the complaint? Why doesn't the estate do it? Then the estate filed a complaint. The press regulator said, because the estate is the official entity of Michael Jackson, we're making their complaint the lead complaint. Uh, and then when the press regulator contacted the estate to follow up the complaint, the estate never replied, so the complaint was dropped. Whereas if the estate had never filed its own complaint and had left Targes as the lead complaint, then Targe would have replied and the investigation would have gone on and uh, there would have been an adjudication. So the estate kind of it appears that in an attempt to appease the fans and... Um, appear that it was doing something actually ended up undermining the whole process in that instance oh, not fit for purpose <laughs> just so embarrassing and destructive and mm. oh my god it just fills me with rage you know it has been always been like that you know that the press does whatever they want with michael name but i i believe somebody has to stop them 
or at least try to stop them, you know, even if it's a little thing, you know, because it's, it's, it's sad that, yeah. you know, seven years after his passing, these things, you know, keep happening. Yeah, totally. I don't agree. know. It's, it's, it's very sad. Absolutely. Charles, while we have you on the line, can I ask you a question about something unrelated? Yeah. So last episode, we spoke about a MJ art exhibition that was on for a short time in London. And was it was it in London? Yes. Yeah. And, and you got to go. Is this on the wall? Yes. On the, the, on the wall yeah. exhibition. On the wall. Yeah. Would you like to share a little bit about the on the wall exhibition that we uh, spoke about in episode 36? Yeah, um, well, I went along. I was going to be in London anyway to meet a friend. So we went up to uh, Percy Street just off of Tottenham Court Road in central London. Uh, there's a gallery called Gallery Different there. Uh, it's like a shopfront gallery. It was a three-day exhibition called MJ on the Wall. Uh, and it was an exhibition of uh, portraits of Michael Jackson by various artists and other different artworks uh two-story exhibition that were quite uh, i mean I, I was surprised by how extensive the collection was actually because i've been to things like this before i remember there was a photo exhibition in london that i went to not long after he died and there was like 10 pictures there i spent about an hour looking for the gallery and then i got there there was like 10 photographs <laughs> and they were all the size of like a a, a coaster on a on a coffee table it was, it was ridiculous but um yeah it was a very good exhibition i thought they were they had all kinds of stuff they had um they had the original uh, roberto cavalli costume designs that he did for michael wow. they had <laughs> original um costume designs from the triumph tour from the victory tour they had artworks which had been made out of michael's actual clothes uh, they had an artwork which had been made out of his shoes from the bad era those kind of uh, black and silver studded boots that he was wearing around that time uh, and you could get right up close to them and you could see all the scuff marks on the shoes on the toes on the soles uh, where he'd been dancing in them they had yeah. an artwork which had been made out of one of his hats i mean they just had tons of stuff they even had uh, a handwritten document by katherine jackson from the 70s it was um something she'd written for a, a a magazine like a, a teen music magazine where she was answering questions about each of the brothers for their fans you know what's their favorite present to receive <laughs> what what size waist do they have what's their favorite color all this kind of stuff yeah it was uh, so that was interesting to see and michael's favorite present to receive uh was uh, art materials and yeah, I just, I had a great time. Um, I chatted to Rosetta, the lady who was running the exhibition. She was very nice. She showed us around. They were doing competitions. Uh, there was a silent auction, although I'm not rich enough to bid on anything. So I did not participate <laughs> in that. And uh, it was good fun. Wow. That's so cool. Makes That's me, awesome. again, wish something like that was, you know, touring around. Yeah. How big were the um, Roberto Cavalli designs? They were not big. I think they were like A4 or maybe yeah. maybe slightly larger than A4. There was um, 
There was the design. Do you remember when he went to Japan and he yes. wore that hideous suit that looked like it was made out of carpet? And it was like a black suit with white lions all over it or something. Be careful. Key likes it. No. Okay. The, it looked better in the Roberto Cavalli artwork, yes. which it, had it the did awesome, look much better. Yeah. Because that also had a cape. Yes. It yeah. did. Cape. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh my it's, god! It did look good in the painting. It did not look good in reality. Uh, but what else did they have? Did they have the? I think they might have had the original design of the um, the World Music Awards outfit. Yes, that's one of my favorite Cavalli. Michael outfits ever. I love it. Yeah, it, yeah. See, that one came out much better in reality. I don't know what that lion thing was made out of but it just looked like a like a turkish rug or something that had been made it was too much yeah too many lions (laughs) (laughs) yeah so they had they had uh this competition where an artist had drawn a massive like a where's wally type uh artwork where you had to guess what each of the little elements of the picture represented you had to guess which video or song they represented and then the person who got most of them right won um they won a commemorative pin from michael's 45th birthday i don't know if you remember when when he turned 45 he did that big thing at um a theater in los angeles Mm -hmm. and um that was where he gave that speech saying i will make you proud to be a michael jackson fan I'm going to open up Neverland. I'm going to launch a clothing line, et cetera, et cetera. And then three months later, the uh, allegations happened. So um, somebody won that. It wasn't me. I regret to inform you. But, yeah, all in all, had a very nice afternoon at the uh, at the gallery. And um, I hope they do it again. Oh, apparently yeah. Mo, somebody called Mo Pleasure was there the day before signing stuff for fans, but I don't really know who that is. Apparently something to do with This Is It. Does anybody know who that is? No. Okay, Googling now. I should know. The name rings <laughs> a bell. He's one of the instrumentalists on stage, um, I think. Hang on. He's a American composer, producer, instrumentalist, and touring musician. He plays piano, bass, trumpet, guitar. He must have been one of the dudes on stage and this is it. Yeah, he must have been. I, I mean, I don't recognize the name. Morris Pleasure uh, is his full name. Oh, they had uh, all kind of signed memorabilia as well that you could either bid on in the silent auction or uh, buy outright. They had Jackson's signatures. They had uh, CDs signed by Brad Sundberg. Uh, they had stuff signed by Mo Pleasure. They had books signed by Chris Cadman. Mm. It was a it was a proper fan oriented event. Well, well done to the organisers. It sounds like it was really well put on and and a worthwhile exhibition of incredible stuff. Did, did you have any pieces that you really just were blown away by? Because I know there are some really talented sort of artists out there. They had this incredible gold statue gold metal statue it was kind of like an abstract so it was it was in the form of michael jackson but it was not like a person it was kind of shapes that 
indicated one of his dance moves. That was massive and very clever. Uh, the artwork with his shoes, I don't really remember what the artwork looked like, to be honest, but I remember the shoes, and that was interesting to be so close up. And there were some paintings there which were just incredible, you know, so lifelike look like photographs and um i did buy a print they were doing prints of a lot of the artworks as well oh. for like th three pounds it was ridiculously what? cheap <laughs> yeah i couldn't believe it and some of them were signed by the artists as well amazing <laughs> oh man i'm so jealous that you got to go to these it sounds awesome i would have really really loved to have been to that that would have been awesome i thought it was going to be in and out in 10 minutes i thought it was going to be nothing um and I was just shocked by how extensive it was. Wow. Mo Pleasure was the keyboardist on This Is It. Okay. Thanks, don't Google. I don't remember that name. No, me either. Sorry, Mo. They must have like <laughs> cut him out of the film or something because I, I remember like everybody else in the band except for him. Yeah, I mean, they showed a lot of um, Tommy Organ and um, yeah. Michael Beard. Jonathan and, Moffat. Yeah. Bashiri Johnson. Yeah. yeah, like everybody. Everybody got screen time, Orianthe, except uh, poor old Mo. Oh, well. Yeah, he must have upset John Branker or something. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much, Charles, for joining us today and uh, for answering our questions and, and also sharing your awesome experience at the On the Wall exhibition in London last week. We really appreciate it. Made me yeah. insanely jealous. No problem at all. Um, always a pleasure to be with you. And I know that you're uh, off to do some more work at this ungodly hour over there now. You're not even going to go to bed. It is 1.10am and my next job is to proofread about 50 pages of non-fiction text, which I have written and am about to... Uh, mail off to somebody so uh, I need to send that tomorrow so I'm going to edit that now and then um, and then go to bed good luck good luck thank you
Hi, this is Scott Ross, lead investigator on the Michael Jackson trial, and you are listening to the MJ cast. Thank you for listening. That was great having Charles on the show. It's always good to have him on, and it won't be the last time. And yes, I am now completely crazy with jealousy that he got to go to that awesome exhibition. That sounded awesome. So moving on in the news stories, there was a 14-minute 28 version of the short film The Way You Make Me Feel sort of leaked out today. And the, the short film portion, the dancing and the song bit isn't really different. But the whole introduction is a version that we've never seen before. It is about an eight-minute-long introduction, I think, I timed when I was watching it. And, yeah, it's quite different. So, yeah, I enjoyed it, but I don't think it was – I think I can see why they didn't go with it. It sort of had a element that didn't follow through with the rest of the story. So in the short film, it shows like that sort of street where all these gentlemen, I guess you loosely could call them, like <laughs> catcalling the catcalling the women and treating the women really quite badly. But before that, their cops are there. They're like rounding guys up and like, where's your ID? Have you ever been arrested? And it's not 2016, so the bad cops are not killing anyone on the spot. But, yeah, that sort of had a really weird feel to it, and it didn't really fit the rest. And then all of a sudden the guys were all dancing and, you know, I was like, well, what happened with the cops? Like, where did that story go? So it's a really strange little element that was sort of dropped. Um, Sandra, did you get to watch the video as well? Yeah, I saw it once. I think what they did try to do was to make it like a – you know, a street movie. I don't know how do you yes. uh, call that in English, but like you know, give it that street vibe. Yeah. And you know, like bad, like the bad video. Yeah. Very like similar to that. Something, something like Scorsese will do. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, that kind of, of of vibe atmosphere. That was the the idea, I think. Yeah, I think that was the idea. That's actually a really good analogy. And in some ways, it had that. It did achieve it in some ways, but it just didn't flow with the rest of it. Was like too long, maybe? I think, yeah. It, eight minutes it went for, pretty much. And they cut it down eventually, but it still kept that vibe of the street element to, you know, to it, I thought. Yeah, I think what they cut was just excess and it wasn't needed. And what they ended up with was the, the right way. To go, yeah, and he was. Um, this was Joe. I think he's the director's name is Joe Pitka or Joe Pitka or something. And he that Joe was Pitka. Yeah, Pitka, yeah, that was his first um thing. I think he did. And uh, I actually saw a uh, a letter posted on. I think it was the MJ archives on Facebook. Uh, yeah. uh, and it was a letter from Steven Spielberg to Joe Pitka saying how much he loved the uh, the the way you make me feel video. And he was like, when are you going to get into movies? <laughs> Which I thought was a pretty awesome compliment coming from I uh, saw Steven that letter. Spielberg. I tried looking for it this morning, but I couldn't find it this yeah. morning. But I did read that letter during the week and it yeah. was, yeah, saying that it was like the greatest on-screen musical dance sequence since some classic musical film or something. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll Very cool. try and find that and link to it. Mm. It's one of, I think, the best videos from the Bad Album. They were all such good videos yeah, but I love the way you make me feel. And I love the full version. The full version is great. Yeah, I agree. It's it's one of my favorite Michael Jackson videos. It's a shame that it hasn't aged very well, like in 
not in terms of the art, like the art's obviously timeless, but the actual quality of the video, what we're getting now on the DVDs and stuff that have come out since 2001, really just, I, I don't know whether they've degraded, but they're so grainy and the sound's not that great. And when you watch the footage that they put in Bad 25, it's just head and shoulders above anything that's come out on DVD. And uh, I think that... um. The, the, film, the Way You Make Me Feel is an excellent short film or candidate, I should say, for a high-definition remaster one day. Well, they're not very good at doing that. No, they aren't. But it was good to see this. Like, it's, it's always good to have, like, alternate versions and takes of different things. Like, I remember we got that alternate di- Dirty Diana last year. Um, oh. Yeah. Which well, that, was, wasn't, that was just a work print. Just, wasn't it? Um, that wasn't like an... I think, I think so, was but it was print. we had yeah we had it, the alternate version of Blood on the Dance Floor, and I think the Dirty Diner one was a work print. Yeah, but it had alternate um, footage in there that I think they were because it hadn't been edited. Yeah, yeah, hence the work print. Yeah, but uh, I like seeing that kind of thing. I like seeing films in earlier versions to see the directions they may have gone in and decided against. Sometimes I agree, sometimes I don't, but I think I'm with you on this one and I think they definitely went in the right direction by cutting that intro down. Indeed. I thought it was like just cool even seeing a bit more of the the ladies walking down the street, you know, see Tatiana before that, Latoya. thought Latoya was going to bust out some ninja moves and crack some heads open, (laughs) bash some boys up, but she didn't. She was like, get out of my face. She's in a couple of Michael videos. Hey? She's in Say, Say, Say as well, I think. Yes, correct. Yeah. And ad-lib vocals or background vocals in PYT. Yeah, that's right. That's she, vocals, not, not visual. Is she in Liberian Girl? No, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. There's a lot of people in that one. <laughs> there is a lot of people. But, yeah, so go check it out. The links will be in the show notes. You can find the show notes at themjcast.com or check your podcasting app that you're listening to, and often there'll be links directly in that as well. Cool. Some new ghost footage leaked, and it's a different angle for something that we've already seen before uh, in the ghost film. I think what came out, I think I saw it originally on Facebook, and it's uh, nothing we haven't seen, but the angle's very different. It's a a close-up shot of Michael's face for a lot of the video, uh, I really enjoyed seeing it as well because Ghost is one of the most gorgeous-looking Michael Jackson yes. videos out there. Yeah. So, yeah, I always love always love watching it. Um, yeah, I, I guess it was just from another angle. I don't know if it was meant to be the actual the like primary camera that they were trying another angle or if it was Michael acting to the primary camera and this was just another camera in the background filming over the shoulder or something. I'm not really sure. It didn't seem anything hugely different. No, but it just goes to show how much footage they have from that <laughs> from that movie. Yes. Sandra, do you think that with this footage they could put together a great uh, ghosts release with behind the scenes and making of documentary? Do you oh, think that would be a popular product? Maybe for for the fans. Not for the general public. Yeah, of course. Well, general public are not really that interested in stuff these days. I would so love a Ghosts Blu-ray set with making of documentaries. I'd see no reason why there isn't one except for laziness. Yeah, me too. Laziness. Oh, hope it comes out. <laughs> laziness because they have it in a, in a you know, um, high quality 
you know it's film yeah yeah it is it's proper like a proper film yeah they might they might be saving it up for a halloween release maybe one day who knows we keep every year we keep saying that in hope <laughs> yeah and every year it doesn't happen doesn't come <laughs> doesn't come they still haven't even announced anything for dangerous 25 <sighs> no it's weird and then, and the thing is that frustrates me lately is they expect, they basically expect fans to get really excited when they do announce something. They ignore you for 95% of the year, just nothing. The occasional yeah. Facebook post, the occasional tweet that's usually a crap picture or something anyway from Google Images. And then they announce something big and it's like everyone get excited, but they haven't invested or cultivated the fan community for the other 95% of the year. Yeah, they haven't exactly. listened to what we want. There's there's no like competitions or uh, you know interesting little things coming out on MichaelJackson.com. Maybe every every couple of months they could put an un- unseen picture or something. Or you know, there's so many things they could do to cultivate the community. But instead, it's just we we ignore you and now get excited for off the wall with chalk, <laughs> like <laughs> infamous chalk. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. All right, so what would you want them to release? Like if they said, okay, guys, tell us what you want for the next two releases, what would you say, Jamin? Well, uh, I would definitely say, um, okay, Halloween's around the corner, right? And this is a time when they notoriously don't put any effort in, but Michael's music still skyrockets in the charts every single Halloween because he's like the only artist out there that has awesome anthems for Halloween. I mean, sure, you've got like Rihanna's Disturbia and a couple of other songs here and there, but nothing that does well compared to Thriller and Ghosts and Michael and Threatened and and Thriller especially just does so well in the charts, not only the song, but the album as well every, every year. So I think they should capitalize on that success that Michael has every year anyway and I think they I think they should release a an album a new album um, they should bring in some kind of um, this is one time that I'm fully supportive of remixing and, and DJing and they should get somebody in to create a Michael Jackson Halloween mixtape that goes for like I don't know 30 or 40 minutes bring in every single horror element from any Michael Jackson song even right back to um when was the first time he started experimenting with that stuff? Would have been in the Jacksons. Um, Heartbreak Hotel. Heartbreak Hotel, um, you know, the Off the Wall song on Off the Wall. Uh, it just everything, even the really rare stuff. Michael has unreleased uh, horror-themed music. He, there's a legitimate song called Monster that Michael actually recorded that they could bring in elements from that and just make this awesome Halloween mixtape. They could uh, you sell that as an album on iTunes and then put it out as a box set with you know remastered versions of the halloween short films on a blu-ray or something and put put thriller in the cinema put you know make a special make a halloween special and actually put it in the cinema where you can go and watch thriller and ghosts all at the same time uh i don't know that's that that would be my major number one wish list thing okay and sandra if they are asking like suggestions, what would you say for the next two releases? Uh, I don't expect much, you know, but um, forgive me for being negative, but I don't expect much. But, you know, I, I would love, love, love to have, you know, some footage uh, from the uh, Triumph Tour. Mm. You know, that's, you know, I will die. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I will die, you know, watching that. 
you know, simple thing like that because they have it. Yeah. Okay. So triumph tour and say documentary and what else? Um, One one other thing. So if you could say anything that you would want as a product to go and buy at the shops. You know, the only thing I really would like to see is the footage that I know it's there, you know, somewhere hidden and I haven't seen. That's the only thing I want. New MJ footage. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Q? Oh, yeah. I think your Halloween idea. Yeah. It's just begging for it every single year. Like, yeah, TV special and then Thriller in the cinema and then, you know, like a yeah, little EP album with all Halloween stuff like that would be a great idea. I think a clothing line, like what happened to that merchandise deal they signed? I've yet to see anything. Yeah, that's right. From that. We had high hopes for that. You know, I think uh, I would love like merchandise clothing line. So get the brand out there get you know his name and image out there on clothing and and other items um which you know he had even had a hand in i think designing some before he passed with uh the ed hardy line as well so i think my thing would be like merchandise and something like that yeah and then i would want a concert box set not of the dangerous concert which we already have and not even of the bad concert that we already have. I would want a box set of, yeah, like Triumph, Victory, and then I guess if they can get the bad one sorted out properly, that, and then a history show. Yeah. I would want like a tour box set. That'd be cool. Yeah. And I don't understand why they don't ask us what we want. Like we want to buy decent products. So ask us what we want. Do a survey, do a poll, and see what we're interested in. Michael did that just before This Is It came out. I don't know if you remember, but there was a survey on the This Is It website with what songs you wanted him to perform the most, and that that yeah. data was informing his set list. That's yeah, probably why songs yep. like Speechless got in the show. Yeah, a little bit of threatened, tiny yeah. little bit. Yeah, they don't like to listen to us. It's not like we want to buy things or anything (laughs) oh well seriously what'll be will be cool but yeah okay how did we even get onto that i don't know daydreaming (laughs) daydreaming wishful thinking it's not gonna happen (laughs) oh man okay moving on so in the previous episode we talked about frank cassio uh, trying to sell some footage, some private footage um, that I think might have been filmed by the 3T boys when they were accompanying Michael on dangerous tour sort of around the place. And, Jamin, you found a link to the footage. Maybe it's leaked before he could sell it. I watched a little bit, but it's not my thing, so I haven't really got much to say about it. It seems like something private that Michael didn't ever anticipate getting released. But you guys have watched it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Sandra, what did you think? I don't know much about what's in it. You know, it's like bittersweet because on one side, you know, I I don't like that these things are, you know, sold. I think it's disrespectful and all that, you know, all that Alice said in in the last episode. 
I agree with that. But on the other side, you know, it's it's great to see him. And I, I love that part when he's singing, you know, this Beatles song. Mm. And I love it because, you know, we, we know he was not in the best uh, moment in his life, you know. He was going through, you know, the these uh, allegations and stuff. But, you know, when, when he sings, he he changes completely it's like it's like he's full of music like you know his face is like his i don't know how to say this in english but he's like uh in in a state of bliss for a moment mm. you know like he forgets everything I, I love his face when he starts to sing and he's so full of uh joy for a moment yeah and it's, it's very short but you can feel that yeah that the, the- that's definitely the positive way to look at it and he does look great in it and it's awesome to watch him, you know, being happy and things like that. But every, every time footage like this comes out, whether it's of Michael and his kids or Michael with friends and it's clearly private footage that's been shot, it's always in the back of my is. head. Is it right that this is out? Would he have wanted this? And It's wrong. Yeah. From a historical point of view, it's cool because you're learning more about a historical individual and there's obviously mm-hmm. just more information to learn. But from a fan point of view, it's a bit just weird for me. And it's, yeah, it's it's more these, I, I don't think it's wrong that now that it's out there for fans to watch it and enjoy it, but I think it's wrong in the first place for people that had this private footage to leak it, if that makes sense. Of course. Yeah. Just my personal view. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, that's the new footage. Jump on the show notes at themjcast.com if you want to check it out. guest, the author of The Trials of Michael Jackson, and you're listening to the MJ cast. Moving on in news uh, this week, Sony uh, won unconditional approval in Europe for the Sony ATV uh, sale to go ahead where uh, Sony was going to be buying the Michael Jackson portion of the Sony ATV catalogue and then having complete ownership of it. Uh, rival Warner Music Group and independent labels had called the uh, European Competition Commission to take a tough line with the deal because they had feared that it would give Sony too much power across the industry, but they decided that it would not and that the deal can indeed go ahead. So I guess we will be seeing soon the sale going through and complete and then the MJ estate will not own any of that anymore and 
be selling all of that away from Michael's estate. Not great news, but to be honest, not unexpected news. No, we knew it was coming and it's just really the uh, final um, approval, I guess, for the sale to go ahead. Whether you think it's a good move or a bad move, you know, that's up to you to think. But um, yeah, it's certainly happening now. And you can read a little bit more about it if you want at mjvibe.com. Uh, they have a good story on it. We'll link the exact URL in the show notes. Uh, they do a really good job over at MJ Vibe with lots of stories coming out every week, uh, keeping fans up to date with Michael Jackson news. So it's all there. I don't think it's a good thing. I don't think they should be selling it. And we've spoken about this earlier in the season and it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's it's sad. I mean, oh. it's it, it's not only, you know, you could argue it's, potentially a good financial move like that's the only argument i could think of but not for the estate no but for me it's for me it's it's sad because michael saw that catalog as a crown jewel in his accomplishments and and fought tooth and nail to keep it right up until literally the last hours of his life that's why he was on tour was to um mm-hmm. to save this catalog and unfortunately um. Yeah, it's now not going to be owned by him or his estate. How do you How do you feel about it, Sandra? Uh, as Jamon said, you know, it's it's uh something we knew was going to happen. You know, it's not unexpected. Uh, but you know, I I think they see it just a corporate thing. You know, yeah, they don't they don't feel like us. No, yeah. there they, is no feel. You know, those are lawyers and businessmen, so. It's other world. Mm. You know, they, they don't feel like us. So, you know, it's just business for them. Exactly. And that's, yeah, a good reminder for us, actually, because, mm-hmm. yeah, we have all of the emotion invested of it and um, the history and, and how we feel about it because of how Michael was with it. But yeah. the reality is it's numbers on a spreadsheet and a graph about profit and money and dollars. And those are the only things that will drive any decision. I think they don't, there's no consideration for legacy. There's no consideration for artistic value. uh, Nothing of that at all. I think it is purely dollars on paper and that is it. And we forget that. And that hurts. Yeah, exactly. It hurts, but it is what it is, you know, those are uh, corporations, you know. They own the music, not musicians. So it's logical that they, they act like businessmen. Yeah. They don't care about music or art or, you know. Just the, I think the interesting thing that this whole story has revealed is more the relationship between the estate executives and the estate beneficiaries. It's important to, to know that there's a distinction there. We often talk about the estate of Michael Jackson mm. and really I guess we shouldn't be saying that because we're when we talk about the estate, who we're talking about really are the estate executors, John Branker yeah. and John McLean, the lawyers that are making mm-hmm. these decisions. The estate itself is actually the beneficiaries, you know, being Michael Jackson's mother and, and children. So who knows? Like I, I guess for me it's the interesting part is what the beneficiaries wanted compared to what actually occurred. Uh, based on the executor's decisions. Prince never spoke about what he wanted, uh, and neither did Catherine, actually. I think the only two people that publicly released a statement were Joseph Jackson, uh, 
on behalf of Catherine. And Paris even said a few little things on Twitter about the sale. And we know that she absolutely wasn't supportive. And um, But at that time, she wasn't an adult beneficiary. So I'm, I'm curious to know what Prince actually wanted um, in terms of the sale of the catalogue. But maybe one day we'll find out. Maybe we won't. But at the very least, we know that the Jackson camp was uh, was was divided on the decision, and ultimately, it must have come down to what the executors wanted. Yeah, would be interesting to know. But again, it doesn't really affect us. We would like it to, but it's just our emotions ruling our opinions. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Good news time. Good news time. Something really Yay, awesome happened. Finally. All the crap stuff's out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into the let's get into the fun stuff, into the good stuff. Please. Yes. Uh, so, you know, we we are huge fans of the history era. We're huge fans of the history statue that was designed masterfully and created beautifully by Diana Walsack, sculptor, uh, who we were lucky enough to have on for a special episode. Uh, and her work has been given an absolutely stunning, uh, I guess, ovation uh, recently at Mandalay Bay uh, Resort in Las Vegas where they also have the MJ1 Cirque du Soleil show, which Q you've been to. Yes. And recently the MJ1 team, um, I guess it's the MJ1 team, unveiled uh, an original history statue that was uh, designed and created by Diana Walsack. This was the 10-foot-high version that was actually filmed for the history trailer. The teaser, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this is that particular one. Yeah, and it's it's on display um, at Mandalay Bay for people to go and see. Uh, there was an incredible unveiling of it. Uh, there was a performance in front of the statue by the MJ1 performers and great music and there was a lot of people there filming the event and they've lit the statue up really really well and it just looks amazing and I I loved the video that they put out of the statue as well because finally finally they gave Diana Walsack recognition within that video Uh, and it's been it's been viewed over a million times on Facebook alone uh, so it, it just really warms my heart that she's getting that recognition for that beautiful masterpiece she created for Michael. Have you watched the unveiling video, Sandra? Yes, it was simple and it was, you know, it was nice. I like it simple, you know, it's and it, it's beautiful to see the statue like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. That location where they actually unveil the statue, I'm, I'm trying to visualise in my head where that is. Is that like the foyer of the, the resort or where is that? I'm not sure. I can't remember that area. We sort of went in straight to where the theatre was. We yeah. drove from our hotel up to the theatre and sort of walked through all the slot machines and then found the theatre that way. So I don't know if I actually have been in that area of the hotel. It looked like it looked like a big foyer to me. Yeah, because yeah. of the windows, they wouldn't have those sort of windows in the gaming area. Yeah, it looked like a lobby at or all. something. It's very yeah, very cool. Looked, yeah, um, and but, you um, recently had contact as well with uh, Mandalay Bay on Twitter, who revealed some exclusive oh, uh, information to us. Yes, let me find the tweet. So we were asked um, by one of our listeners uh, how long. The statue will be there. Yeah. Um, and I asked Mandalay Bay Resort. They said it is here for the duration and on August 27, 
they will unveil another iconic piece of Michael Jackson history. Now that is exciting. Well, it depends what it is. I'm trying if to think of what it could be. Pair of socks. <laughs> Here's some MJ socks. <laughs> They've got some good stuff in there in the little exhibition there. They've yeah. got like um, jacket and they've got costumes from the show as well. They've got um, some other artifacts from when I was there from around the uh, 30th anniversary concert in New York, like yeah. sort of invitations and tickets and promo material, things like that. Oh, they've got great stuff, like just in general. Like there's an awesome um, 60 Minutes episode. Actually, it's not awesome. It's kind of cringy, but there's a 60 Minutes episode where they're like interviewing the Michael Jackson estate executives and they're talking to John Branker. And there's one section where they've got an interview with uh, Karen Langford, the estate archivist, and they're walking through like a big warehouse. And it's just eerie and surreal because you look at the screen and and throughout this warehouse, there's like all of this Michael Jackson memorabilia, but really big stuff, like recognizable stuff. Like they've got, you know, at Neverland, there was like in the Neverland gates, there's that big black Neverland sign that goes over the top of it. They've got that just sitting in the warehouse. So I'm sure that like if they wanted to, the um, MJ1 team, seeing as they're in sort of cahoots with the estate, would be able to get some pretty phenomenal things to put on display. If they haven't sold everything. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm still not sure. That's another thing I'm really interested in. Like, clearly, they want to sell a lot of things and they do their auctions and stuff with Julian's auctions. But I still don't know how they decide what gets auctioned and what doesn't. Like, I, I'm wondering whether all the stuff that's being auctioned was the stuff that was originally came and retrieved by Julian's auctions in in sort of like the period straight after when Michael Jackson died, like I don't know if what's in that warehouse are things that will ever be auctioned. I don't I don't know that. I'd love to know the politics behind that. Mm. Yeah. What would you think they would put on display, Sandra? Uh, well, not um, not his furniture, you know, yeah. but things that have have to do with with his music. Mm. You know, he who was a, a collector of art. Also, yep. so maybe some of that. Yeah, there's some beautiful mm. art pieces from Neverland they could put on display. Well, there's not many costumes left, so I don't think it'll be any costumes of Michael's. They've all got sold by uh, what's Michael his Bush. face. Yeah. yeah. Um, so sadly, probably won't be one of those. It'd be cool to see. Oh, did they end up selling the sort of props and things from Moonwalker? Oh, imagine the car. They had the car there. The car or the robot, that would be cool to see that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, that the face, that mechanical face that sort of opens up. Yeah, the Transformer robot. Yeah, that would be um, crazy. That would be cool. And, like, you know, there's a big interest in the 80s sort of retro stuff at the moment still. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be really cool to see that on display. Yeah. I know Paul Black got to see that, I think, at some sort of exhibition at some point. Paul Black's seen everything. Well, he has, yes. He's a shout out to Paul. <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds like it's going to be really exciting and we'll keep everybody up to date with what happens at Mandalay Bay and, of course, uh, with what the MJ1 team bring to the world. I want to go see the statue. Yeah, me too. I love that statue. I, I highly recommend anybody who hasn't listened to our um, Diana Walzak special and you're interested in the Michael Jackson history statue, Definitely listen to it because it's 
it's really um, not something she just threw together <laughs> quickly for Michael. This is like an absolute, uh, m- you know, master of her field as a sculptor working yeah. with the King of Pop, envisioning this beautiful, beautiful, timeless piece um, that really represents and encapsulates the history era, I think. Like when you look at it, it's just it just screams out history yeah. era. Michael wanted a copy of it. He wanted a, a big version of it himself. Yeah, he did, didn't he? We found that note recently. Um, yeah, he wanted a – when he had a dealings or something with Trump um, – he had wanted in a Trump hotel uh, a version of the statue. He had a note saying, Trump hotel put in deal to have a statue in bronze in lobby five times larger than life, Mm -hmm. life life-size statue of the history statue. It says, say, king of pop, Michael Jackson, born 1958, world's largest selling recording artist, and I get a copy also. He wanted a copy of five copy. times larger than life statue of himself of this particular statue. This is this is the statue Michael wanted a copy of. I think he liked it. He loved it. I think it. Michael liked it. Yeah. Well, he, he loved it, obviously. I think if he wanted a copy of it himself, yeah. Just to casually put it in the backyard. Why not? Like in a Fadley Jackson's house. Yeah. Shout out to Fadley Jackson in, uh, is that in Jakarta? Yeah, yeah, he sure is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine going to Fadley's house and like not, if you if you just were a casual <laughs> fan or not really a fan at all and you just rock up to his house for a cup of tea and there's like giant MJ statue in the backyard? Wow. It would be so- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I don't know what Michael thought of the one that Sony made that went on tours, like and went to different cities and got floated on barges on uh, like canals and rivers and things and in Sydney mm. Harbour. I don't know what he thought of that one. It doesn't really look like Michael at all. Yeah. Um, it's still very cool to see it, and I very much want to go see the one in the Netherlands when I go and visit my family over there next. Um, but yeah, this one is the best one for sure. Yeah, there are those out there who might say that Michael didn't like the statue or Michael did like the statue. It's important to note that there's like a number of copies made of it. There's the original ones that Diana Walzak did that Michael clearly loved and that's documented. But yeah, there's those there's ones that came out later uh, that Michael may not have liked. We don't really know about that, but we certainly know that Diana didn't like them. There was a new one unveiled in Russia recently, actually. Yeah. That was a really good one, too. Really good. Bad era Michael performing. Yeah, that was a great statue. Oh, oh that one, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Great. Now, I know the one you're talking about. Great that's beautiful. Stuff. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah. That's there are cool. very few that are good, you know, and that that's a good one. Very good. There's some good there's some terrible ones too. There's there was one um oh. <laughs> there was one that was unveiled um a few years ago outside of a football stadium in England. and That's crap. That was the worst <laughs> one I've ever seen. They, It's like yeah. a statue that they've painted. They've tried to paint Michael. like You know, oh. it was like a piñata. <laughs> oh, yes. You know what a piñata is? Oh, I yes. sure do. I yeah, sure I love do. That bad, it's you know. Exactly. That's so true. It looks exactly Ridiculous. like a piñata. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Sandra, I've got a question for you being from uh, South America where, you know, the land of the piñata. I want to know, mm-hmm. I want to know 
Is there like an age limit? Like do pinatas happen even when you're an adult at your birthday parties and stuff? Or is it only a kid's thing? No, it's, it's supposed to be, you know, for kids. But, you know, adults also do it, you yeah. know, sometimes as a joke. You know, and it's like that. Everybody throws on, you know, everybody and it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, but it's fun. <laughs> That's how we party. Pinata times. Yeah. Delighted <laughs> to have with us one of America's youngest institutions. Five of our very favorite people who, in fact, are doing us the honor of letting us celebrate with them their 10th anniversary in show business. A great welcome, gang, for the Jacksons. So if you remember these songs, I never can say goodbye. Don't wait for me. I never can say goodbye. Even though the pain and heartaches seem to follow me wherever I go, though I try and strike to have my feet since they always seem to show. Then you try to say you live with me, and I always never say no. Tell me why. Don't wanna let you go, baby. I never can say goodbye, girl. Ooh, baby, I never can say goodbye. No, 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 This is Janneke, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. If you're after a leading magazine on all things Michael Jackson and the Jackson family, check out Jackson Source. Jackson Source publishes Jackson Magazine annually, and it offers a full retrospect of the previous year, covering all the news, highlights, and events of the first and next generation of Jacksons in the form of articles, interviews, photos, categories, and exclusive contributions from Jackson family members. The 2015 edition of Jackson Magazine is now available and features articles about the message in Michael's music, the legacy of the Jackson 5, exclusive interviews with Tito, Jermaine, Taj, Terrell and TJ, as well as exclusive pictures of Tito, Jermaine, Jafar and Your Majesty, and loads more. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at JacksonSource. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, this is Diana Walzak, sculptor of the Michael Jackson History Statue, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. New music coming from one of the three T-boys, Tarrell Jackson, Michael Jackson's nephew, 
and I'm really excited by it. He's taking a bit of a different direction this time with his music. Uh, It's got an electronic dance music flavor to it. Uh, The first single, I believe, which is coming out in a couple of days is called Believe in Love. And you can hear a snippet of it by going to Tarrell's Instagram account. Sounds amazing. I always love music from the 3T boys. They're great musicians and uh, wonderful, wonderful artists. So very excited. Super excited. So this is like uh, electronic dance music, I think. Yeah, it's got a bit more of an electro sort of uh, feel to it. There's actually a few snippets. I'm very confused by what his official Instagram account is because there's one that's at Tarrell Jackson and there's one that's just at Tarrell. And I know that the at Tarrell one is legit because that's what um, MJVibe.com is sort of promoting in their news articles on him. Um, and when you go there, it is the main account with all the song snippets and stuff. But then there's tar- the, other, the other account, which maybe, I don't know if it's legit, but it looks like it might be sort of like a personal one. I'm not really sure. But um, yeah, go over to at Tarrell because you can hear at least two different songs on there, different snippets, which is, they're both really, really, really cool. Hashtag Team Tarrell. <laughs> Are we starting that or is that the legit? No, that's the legit thing. That's That's all across the Instagram, isn't it? Oh, I didn't notice that, but sure. Cool. Okay. Team Tarot. Very cool. You excited, Sandra? Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't know much about, uh, you know, their career, but, you know, I love them. So, yes, I'm excited. Do you like dance music? Not that much. No? Okay. No. I'm excited. I wish Dolly Parton would do a dance album. What? Yeah, she has the most amazing voice. That would be so weird. Dolly Parton, her voice is incredible, and I really think that it would suit, you know, like, I don't know, like Calvin Harris or something, that sort of music. Yeah. yeah. So I'm interested, like, to because the 3T boys, I I really like their songs and their voices, and and Tarrell's got some great solo stuff out there as well. He's got a few EPs up on iTunes. Go check those out. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing what this is. I better go check my iTunes credit, make sure I've got enough, because uh, the release date for this song, I believe it's the 8th of August, yeah. I think. It's just around the corner. It's literally two days away. And it's- yeah, I better go check if uh, iTunes is on sale at Coles or something maybe. It's a very exciting time because, he, I mean, Tarrell Jackson and 3T, they're very much known for their R&B style uh, music that they've been doing really since the the mid '90s and doing very very well. They've had incredible success selling millions of albums all around the world. And from what I understand, this is you know their first sort of venture into a different genre of music. Um, so I can't imagine how exciting it must be for Tarrell to you know release his new project on the world. Uh, and it's a busy time for them too because they've actually also got a new concert. Uh, a one-night-only sort of, I think it's called an up-close-and-personal um, concert coming up soon in the Netherlands. Um, so not only are they all rehearsing for that and working on that, but Tarrell's got his own solo thing coming out now too. So very busy. Busy boys. Yeah, but best of luck to them. I always say boys. I apologize. I shouldn't say boys because I think they're like my age or even yeah, a touch older. They're not older. boys anymore, no. I know, but I always still think of them as boys. That's really bad of me, isn't it? <laughs> well, they're, they're I don't mean that. I don't, they, are, they look so young. I don't mean that in like a, a bad way or an offensive way. I just, I'm so used to seeing them 
and thinking of them being like younger than me, but they're, yeah. they're like my age. <laughs> they're grown ups with families and marriages and kids and yeah. TV shows. TV shows and concerts and <laughs> yeah. It's a term of affection, gentlemen, I assure you. Well, yeah, it is. And it's pretty normal to call other males, you know, male friends that you've got boys, you know, hey, boys, hanging out with the going? boys. Like, yeah, hanging yeah. out with the boys. Yeah. So. <laughs> Sandra's hanging out with the girls and we're hanging out with the boys. Well, she's hanging out with the boys today. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. Are you having fun, Sandra? Yes, yes. Good. I'm a little cool. like. No, nervous. I'm excited, you know. Yeah. Because okay. it's, it's like crazy, you know, because I, I have always loved, you know, this show. And now I'm here, you know, it's like crazy. You're on the show. No, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm so happy. I can't believe it. Mm, well, I- while we have you, we were going to ask you because we didn't get a chance to do it earlier in the show. So sorry about that, but um, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and a little short story about how you became a fan, maybe? I don't know how to make it short, but, <laughs> you know, because it's been a long, long journey. How did you it know, start? I, how did it start? Well, I have always loved music and I was born, you know, other kids will will play with toys and dolls, but I always, uh, you know, was into music, you know. I collected uh, uh, records, you know, vinyls. Yep. And, you know, I love, love music. And, you know, I was listening to music all the time. When I was uh, 10 year old, you know, it it, it was when Off the Wall came out, you know. And my my mom came with the album one day. And I, you know, I I remember that very well. I was at home. My mom uh, came with the album. And she told me, you know, uh, she she would uh, came home with albums because that's what I collected. And she just said, maybe, you know, you maybe like that. You maybe like this. And, you know, I took the album and I didn't recognize Michael, you know, like uh, the boy from Jackson's. I just put on the record and you know from that day I, I became crazy for him and you know it's been 35 years so you've been a fan for 35 years yeah yeah wow that's so cool yeah i'm that old you don't look it you're so beautiful and young thank you so much wow Cool. So, like, one of your first ever MJO items was the Off the Wall album. Yeah, when it came out. That's so cool. And what what next? Well, it's it's been you know uh, a long and very interesting journey because you know the world changed a lot in those thirty five years. You know, it, it was a musical era in the seventies when I was a baby and a kid. It was all about music, you know, people will, uh, you know, gather to listen to music. You know, visuals were not important. It was all about music. And then the 80s uh, came and it was all about visuals. You know, the music changed, the way you consume music changed. And, you know, the 80s were all about Michael. You know, Michael was the king, the most important thing. 
And then where the others, you know, Madonna, Prince, it was huge. You know, it was the 80s were amazing. And then in the 90s, world changed again because uh, you were before the 90s, you, you were local. But when the Internet appeared, you know, the world changed again. You know, so I, I, I used to have friends, you know, uh, pimples, and you will uh, write them uh, by, you know, mail, paper and, and, and pencil. But then, uh, you know, in the 90s, I got to meet this, you know, thousands of people from all over the world that were fans like myself, you know. So uh, everything changed. And, you know, so I went through this... Um, this evolution of technology and, and you know, and everything had to do with Michael for me. You know, it's been several decades and I don't know how to make it short, but it's been, you know, uh, very, very interesting. Sandra, did you get to see Michael in concert at all? No, never, because he was going to, you know, come to my country uh, in uh, j- just when the allegations broke, yeah, and he cancelled that uh, concert in Peru. Yeah, same here in Australia. Yeah, he yeah. So it was, you know, horrible. Mm. And I had my ticket, of course, but he oh. never came, so I, I I couldn't see him. No. Uh, what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite Michael song or a favorite album? Uh, my favorite is Off the Wall because that was, that was how I became a fan. And I love that album because it's so fresh and he's so happy. You now you can feel the joy in him. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think that Dangerous or History are, are, are better albums because it's him in the album, you know, are his ideas and are more, much more adult. Uh, yeah. themes and everything but my favorite is off the wall yeah okay great album. and have you got favorite concert like favorite tour uh the bad tour you know i think it, most of people loves the bad tour for many reasons he was at his peak as a performer i think and um what else did you sorry um i don't remember i think i asked concert and tour and have you got favorite music video? Uh, yes. Uh, they don't care about us, that Bra- Brazil version. I yes. love that one. You know, yeah. Because it's so fresh. And it's like, you know, I, f- I feel close to that video because it was, it, it's, you know, it was uh, filmed here in South America. Yeah. And you can feel that vibe and, you know, I, I love that video. It's not his best video. His best video for me is Smooth Criminal. But, you know, I, I love the other one for, you know, the reasons I said. Yeah. Nice. Great choices. So it's been a, a, lo- a long journey. And, you know, after uh, Michael passing, uh, it's been, of course, completely different. But it's been, you know, the positive side that on uh, social media, I found a lot of wonderful people you know i have friends that i have met from many years ago 
But, you know, after his passing, I've met some other great uh, people, you know, that are friends of mine now. And, a lot, and I've been involved in a lot of wonderful projects like, you know, books and other um, projects like the Unity Project that I, I believe will, will be talking about that in the future. And, you know, that are very positive and, and you know, and it, it, it's, it makes me happy, makes me really happy. The Unity album, that was a terrific project from last year. We loved it. Yeah. And you got great. to meet, like, Tony Zucker and the team and a few times, didn't you? You did some uh, – you helped them with some events, was it? Yeah. I, I, I was at uh, the recordings of the album. Wow. Part of the team. And, you know, it's, it's, it's great because it's, you know, it's quality music. You know, that's what hooked me on that project in the first place because it's high quality music and there's a lot of love and respect for Michael, you know, from, you know, Tony and, and all his team. And, you know, the, the, the fact that Bruce Redin is, is, is in there, you know, it's amazing. And I, I love it. I'm very proud of that because, you know, uh, Tony is Peruvian. So it's, it's, uh, it's very special for me. And was it, more successful than than the team anticipated? Uh, no, I think it, it, it started humble, but it then, you know, with the quality of the music, Tony knew it, it, it could become greater. So he, he had uh, great expectations, and at the end it, it became, you know, much bigger. That's great. But it was made with, with love, you know, and respect for yep. his music. And that's how things, uh, you know, become great. I just noticed this morning when I was on iTunes, I was actually searching the Unity album just to um, refresh myself what songs were on it. And I've already bought the main Unity album, but I was surprised to see that there's actually a second album on iTunes now that I didn't know about. Um, so, can you tell us a little bit about that one? Is that like a live album or something? Yeah, it's... Uh, um, they... Uh, <laughs> They had a show that was shown on TV yeah. with Chilai and with um, uh, Judith Hill. Oh, know? yeah, Judith yep. Hill. Absolutely. She's great. Yeah. Yeah, she was there. So uh, life, uh, the life, the <laughs> concert was a recorder and that's the album. Wow. I'm going to have oh, to get cool. that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's great. So there is two Unity albums and the documentary. The documentary is great. That's so cool that you've been able to make sort of like, I guess, friends in high places <laughs> putting such incredible products out like the Unity album and then uh, other friendships with other MJ fam all around the world and all across, you know, Spanish-speaking countries and English-speaking countries. That's so awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's like like that song, the, the Hold My Hand song, like all the MJ holding all the fans, holding hands all around the world. And, yeah, he just brings so many fans together. And that's one yeah. of the things we love about um, hearing from our listeners yeah. is uh, we sort of connect because they feel like they're just listening to us like MJ mates, which is what we had always anticipated. And, uh, yeah, I guess after this next track, we're going to have some exciting news about uh, um, MJ friends that have been made all around the world. 
Hi, I'm Andy Healy, author of the MJ101 series, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. That was the uh, Mr. Revels, Michael Jackson and Akon Hold My Hand, Berg's Tropical Remix. And speaking of holding hands, again, Sandra, <laughs> thank you for joining us today. And Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for listening to our show in the past. It was awesome because uh, we knew you from online and, and commenting in the uh, MJ archives and across other Facebook groups and on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool that we uh, sort of got to know you. But, yeah, we've been sort of, I guess, working on something in the background for quite a while now, hasn't it, Jamin? Yeah, we sure have. We've been uh, – <laughs> I'm kind of going red here because um, I'm, and I'm just smiling so much because this is – I'm just so excited for what we are about to – explain and 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 release to the world but we have been working very diligently in the background on something for the past uh four or so months or even a little bit longer and uh you've probably been wondering why (laughs) uh three of our guests in a row have been uh, from south america and it's uh it's no no coincidence actually we've been working on something really exciting um and around five months or so ago q you and i started talking about uh, what direction we wanted to grow the MJ cast in. And growth is something we're always talking about and improving the show. And, uh, of course, one direction we we could have gone in, like many other podcasts, is, you know, starting another show to do with, um, I don't know, another MJ-related topic. Maybe we could have started a Janet show or a Jackson show. But what we decided on doing was um, growing the podcast to cater to different languages. And, of course... That idea came from Jason. That's right. Jason was a listener to the show. We had Jason on a few episodes ago. And Jason emailed us saying, oh, hey, um, I'm from Texas and I speak uh, Espanol and uh, was wondering if I'd be able to translate your your shows, your podcasts. And that was like, oh, okay. And that got Jamin and I thinking, mm-hmm. well, that's actually, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> but then we were like, well, hang on a minute, I think there's something here. What can we do with this idea? So we sort of talked about it and worked around it and we thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if there was a MJ cast in Espanol with Spanish hosts? So we spoke to Jason and we spoke to Sandra and Ale and hey, Jason, hey, Ale. Hi. Hello, hello. It's the whole it's the whole family. We've got Yay! Jason. We've got Ale. We've got Sandra. We've got Jamin and Q. And yeah. Jamin. Well, yeah, we've decided to uh to expand a little bit. Our family's got a little bit bigger. So <laughs> we're now um there's gonna be two shows. There's the MJ cast. Of course, the original show, which is going to come out in exactly the same frequency that it always has with Q and I here at the helm. But now, uh, from now on, there is going to be a, a totally separate uh, show called The MJ Cast en Espanol uh, that you'll be able to subscribe to on iTunes and just all the same other ways that you can get The MJ Cast. Uh, and you'll be able to hear The MJ Cast in Spanish. Uh, that's right. That's right. Our, so the site will be themjcast.com slash Espanol. 
That's it. So the hosts will be uh, Jason and Sandra and Ale, and they'll be working very hard uh, following our sort of um, template, I guess you would call it, and sort of following our show and then putting their show out on the on the podcasts for you. So yeah, the, the yep. So that Jamin told you the website. You'll also have your exclusive um, Twitter account, which is uh, you can find that at twitter.com forward slash the MJ cast ESP. So your handle that you'd be wanting to look for, if you're interested in following that will be at the MJ cast ESP. And that will be the Espanol account. We're going to be sharing our Facebook and our Instagram and our YouTube and our Tumblr and our email. So all of those are still exactly the same, which is uh, Facebook and Instagram. Just search for the MJ cast, youtube.com forward slash plus the MJ cast and the MJ cast.tumblr.com. And the email, just use the same one, which is the MJ cast at iCloud.com. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how all of that goes. So, yeah, very exciting. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. I actually. Uh, I don't know how you guys never thought about it. I mean, that's the first thing I thought when I started listening to you guys. <laughs> I just didn't get the courage to email you until later on. But <laughs> that's the first thing I said. I'm like, well, I think Spanish-speaking people should be able to have uh, reach to this kind of news and stuff. Yeah. Awesome. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I can't believe it. You know, we've been working very hard because we, we want to give quality, you know, the same quality of the MJ cast. And you know it's it's been hard to keep it a secret, but you know <laughs> so hard. Yeah. I know. so hard. You know, <laughs> I want to tell everybody <laughs> that was the hardest part. Well, it doesn't. And, yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a secret any longer after today. <laughs> I'm so hey. so happy. Do you know what the coolest thing is about this? What? that we're launching on August, on Michael's birthday almost. So that's really, really sweet and really, really cool. Yeah, I was pretty happy about that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And and there's something, uh, I believe, a little bit uh, special coming out later today. What is it? (laughs) <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, I see. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, the um, promo video, the little promo video. Well, that was actually Sandra's idea. It was my idea, and then I regret because it was, you know, <laughs> so much work, and I was so nervous to do it. But I, I thought it was uh, important to show our faces. Why? Because we, as Latins, you know, we talk with our bodies, you know, we talk like that, yeah. with our faces, with our hands, you know, and, you know, we wanted to show, you know, the world how excited we are, you know, that was the reason. And it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I hope people enjoy it because I sure did not because <laughs> I don't, I, that's why I like podcasting because I don't have to show my face, but they made me do that. Now everybody can see my face there. That's but a lie. And it was a lot of fun to do it. We spent uh, quite a great amount of time putting all this together, yeah, guys. Yeah. But it was yeah. I really, I have really, really enjoyed all the process. Yeah. And if you are, uh, if anyone's watching the video at the end of the video, 
will be the uh, the unveiling of the uh, MJ Cast Espanol uh, logo and brand, which yeah. is pretty cool as well. Yay. Oh, there was a lot <laughs> like of fine cool. tuning that went into the colours <laughs> of the logo. Yeah. Lots. <laughs> <laughs> we had blue and all kinds of different We ones. went like all the rainbow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it looks really good and, yeah, can't wait for all our Spanish-speaking listeners to be uh, able to enjoy that. So, uh, yeah, the process is the, the promo video goes up today and you'll be able to enjoy that. And then we submit some shows to iTunes and they – review them and uh, then that's when it will be available. So we'll uh, stay tuned to social media uh, and we will have a proper release date of when the first episode will be available and live for you to download to your podcast apps. Absolutely. And make sure if you're, uh, even if you're an English speaking listener and uh, enjoy the promo video that we put up on all our social networks, just hit the like button, hit the share button, retweet it, just get the news out because there are so many Spanish speaking fans around the world that are going to be excited for this news. So, Ale, what sort of countries will be uh, tuning in, do you think? Oh, Mexico, Argentina, Spain. Chile, Peru, of course, <laughs> with Sandra being a, a Peruvian. Yeah. Yes. I, I think that there's a big, really, really big fan base over there. But we don't usually get access to all of this kind of information, or all, all these kind of shows. So it's really, really cool that Jason got this amazing idea and he contacted you guys and because I haven't thought about it, but... It was a really, really cool idea. And I, I want to I wanna thank you guys not only for, for the great work you do, but for trusting us with this great, great adventure. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, I'm, I'm really, really proud and I'm, I'm really honored that you guys have trusted us with this big, big adventure. I, I cannot find another word to describe it. No, that's so a good really, word. It is. It's a big adventure and uh, an I adventure. hope you... I hope you guys are ready for your sort of your your personal life to change a little bit because <laughs> yeah. it is a, it's a lot of work and you're going to be talking to a lot of people. It's a responsibility. It's a huge responsibility. So but we do us prepare, proud. you know. Do yeah. us proud. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we we're prepared because well. you know we've been you know studying the subject for so many years. That's right. You're already <laughs> experts yeah. in the subject. Yeah. And on NJ. <laughs> PhD on MJ. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right, and not only that. Let's disclose this. Um, I actually didn't nev- never met uh, Sandra Raleigh before. I just met them through this, and yeah. well, I think that's very easily though. I get to know these people. I, I I feel very comfortable with them already, even though I, I never met them. But I think that's what happens with MJ fans. No, it, once and once you get together with. Uh, MJ mate, as you guys say, yeah, uh, it's really easy to get along, and uh, that's another reason to do the podcast. You know, to get more people involved and connected with us and and us with them. Yeah, I got a couple of questions for you guys. I I want to um, ask some things. How how are you feeling at the moment on like the the eve of the launch? Are you feeling nervous, nervous. or like I'm shaking right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, a little. But more, it's like more excitement. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's more, more excitement. More, more excitement than nervous. Uh, yeah. I remember feeling that same way. Um, yeah. yeah. And so for people 
out there that want to interact with you and get to know you guys a little bit more and maybe ask some MJ questions and things like that, would you say the best place for them to go would be the the Twitter account or? Yeah, Twitter, Twitter or, or Facebook. Yeah. So if you're out there and you want to contact Jason, Sandra or Ale, just uh, at the MJ cast ESP uh, and just address them by name and you'll be able to ask them questions and learn a bit more about them and things like that, which is which is cool. We'll be really, really happy to answer. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And my, my last question is, okay, you know how Q and I always sign off our show where I say keep Michael and Q says Michael on. Have you guys got like Espanol little tags that you put at the end of your show or? <laughs> Well, I thought about just maybe getting with the ladies and, and get title of, of titles of Michael's songs or lyrics from his songs and, and say it at the end. Yeah. Uh, I try doing Heal the World, Don't Forget to Heal the World or oh, Don't yeah, Forget yeah. to Heal the World. That's cool. And uh, Or Remember the Time, Always Remember the Times or something. Yeah. But I don't know. I got to get with them to, to see what they have to say. Because you guys have already recorded some shows, hey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have. Yeah, I, I think that it's really like different for just because of the language, because we we don't have kind of like a translation. So for Michaeline or Michaelon yeah, and yeah. All that kind of stuff. But Keep Michaeline is one that I, I really, really like. And I, I I'm I'm very familiar with because of, of the all, all the Internet groups that I, I have being able to to share with other fans but i don't think we have that in spanish sandra no Do we? No. no it's it's not possible to translate in no. spanish but yeah. we, we will you know come up with something we will think about uh, it that's cool i'm yeah. just i was just curious if you had something but uh <laughs> they just made they just made up words and expressions we <laughs> yeah. just yeah. they were made up jacob made yeah. mine up but yeah they were just made up english love making up like fake words yeah. for everything <laughs> it's easier it's easier yeah it's yeah. easier um, in english it's, it's easier well maybe you'll be able to teach us a few spanish words because we know yeah. nothing so we apologize <laughs> that's why you guys are going to be hosting it and not us yeah it'll be a very <laughs> short show <laughs> but it'll carry your spirit over oh uh, thank you very much thank you yeah we're gonna rant also uh, oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have, just oh, like you guys. You know, I I love to rant. Can't have a podcast without a good rant. So Sandra's oh, going to okay. be doing the Q rants. Yeah. Okay. Sandra's rants. <laughs> Jason, you should come up with a little jingle like a theme song for Sandra's rant section. <laughs> I could do that. I could do that. <laughs> Sandra's angry today. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm shy today. But, you know, I usually rant a lot, and, and Ale knows that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Ooh, controversy. <laughs> All right. So, she, um, she, she's she's a, st- a strong opinionated woman, right, Sandra? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I don't <laughs> sound like, but I'm like. You will see. <laughs> not not that she's angry, but she's a strong opinionated woman. Yeah, no, I'm not angry. No. Okay. That, that's why you get you get to learn Spanish, you guys. <laughs> yeah. As, as Jason was saying, uh, we we haven't met each other, but Sandra and I have been friends for like a couple of years, right, Sandra? Yeah, close friends. Like I, I knew her for, uh, you know, all my life. It's like yeah. I knew her in the flesh, you know, and yeah. we have never met. 
but it's it's like that it's like you you know like jason said you know when you're a, a hardcore uh michael jackson fan and you met another one it's like you really know that person yeah it's incredible yeah yep. it's funny yeah. when the when the idea was first floated we we're like for Jason, we're like, oh my god, that's going to be so much work for one guy. <laughs> and I was like, who who else do we know that's you know sp speaks Spanish? And we both had known of uh, Sandra and Ale from Facebook. Yeah. And we said, oh, maybe we could just ask the ladies, and maybe one of them would be interested. And then both of the ladies were interested, so it made like a group <laughs> of, of three of you, which yeah. is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we were, and then yeah, we didn't know that you guys were already good friends. On the online, so it worked out really perfect. So that was great, and we were so grateful for that. So thank yeah. you for all of your hard work that you're just about to start. You think you've done hard work already? Yeah, it hasn't started I didn't know yet. A thing. Wait till you've got to record a show, and like two of you are sick. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> no, that's when the work gets hard. Well, I, I sound better when I'm sick, so. <laughs> Gets that sexy husky voice going. Yeah, of <laughs> or if you set up a special episode and your guest, their Skype doesn't work. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I've Good. been there. We'll make it work. <laughs> yeah, it'll work and it's exciting. Um, look, do one of you guys want to give a shout out to Spanish listeners and uh, tell them a little bit about what's coming? Ale should do that. Ale. Yeah. Okay. In, in Spanish? Full Spanish? Yes, please. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bueno chicos, pues estamos felices de poder anunciarles por fin el lanzamiento de nuestro podcast en español, que va a ser el MJ Cast en español. Y vamos a estar muy, muy felices de que nos estén escuchando, nos sigan en nuestras redes y puedan compartir con nosotros sus historias y las historias que todos tenemos en común al ser fans de Michael. Voy a estar acompañada de mis amigos Sandra y Jason, que están aquí. Chicos, saluden. Hola. Hola. <ríe> Sandra es de Perú. Jason vive en Texas, pero al igual que yo es mexicano, así que vamos a tener el gusto de estar compartiendo con ustedes este podcast que estamos haciendo con mucho cariño, de fans de Michael para fans de Michael. Yay. Wow, that's professional. That's awesome. Sorry. <laughs> Sales person. I, I, feel, I feel so weird talking in Spanish and you don't, you don't understand. So oh, we I trust you like... guys. <laughs> she's, she's probably saying things like, we're the best MJ cars. Don't listen to those guys. Come over to us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was just going to say, anyone that's bilingual and speaks Spanish and English, don't leave us. Me and Jamin are still here. Yeah. Don't abandon us. Our show will be a little bit different still, so you can listen to two. So you guys get two if you speak two languages. Yeah, but... Don't leave us, guys. Like, you know, keep listening if you if you speak Spanish. Don't forget about us, me and Jay. I have a feeling that the Espanol one's going to become even bigger than ours. Yeah, I think oh so. My God. And, then, oh, and then I'll be all lonely over here talking just to Jamin. With the crickets. With the crickets and the Jamin and the whippersnipper. Tumbleweed going past. No, but you see, one of the things you guys got that we are not going to have is the Q rants. We'll have the Sandra rants, but they have to keep listening for the Q rants. That's right. Sandra, do you swear in Spanish? No. Oh, you don't. No. Oh, okay. Well, She's a lady. You're gonna Ladies have. I'm a lady. You're gonna have like yes. a, a pol like. I'm polite. a mother. 
Sandra Rance. <laughs> Q gets well, Q gets Q, well, Q swears in his. I got to have explicit tags nearly every That's episode. Australian swear words are part of Australian <laughs> language. No, in the Spanish, you know, it's yeah, everybody swears also. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot. All right. Well, stay tuned, listeners. The MJ Cast and Espanol will be coming late August, just in a few weeks' time. We are launching the trailer, the teaser trailer today. You can check it out on all our social networks on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube. Please share it far and wide. We want as many people to hear about it as they can. Make sure you start interacting with Jason, Sandra, and Ally over on Twitter at the MJ Cast ESP. Uh, We're all very, very excited for what's coming. And thank you guys for joining us uh, on this segment for the show today. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. I hope hope that was a good study break for you, Jason. You have to go back to the books now. I'm sorry. Back to study. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will in a little bit. Go do your homework. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again, Jason and Ale, for joining us. We really appreciate it. And we wish you every success and all the best and our deepest, deepest thanks for spreading the MJ cast and news and discussion on Michael Jackson and the Jackson family to a a completely new audience. We really appreciate all of your hard work. Thank you. Thank you so much. We love you. We love you. And as as Michael said, it's, it's a great adventure. It's a great adventure. Hey, this is Taj Jackson of 3T, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. Well, that was fun, and we're excited to have finally uh, been able to share that big news. Um, and awesome to make new friends and, and to hear from people. And um, it's probably a good time. It's, of course, August being Michael's birthday month. We love to share um, Michael Jackson birthday celebrations that are happening around the world. So um, we've been asking you guys if you know of any parties or celebrations in your area or that you're involved in uh, to share those with us with an audio submission. So we've been asking you to send an audio submission uh, to us at the MJCast at iCloud.com. If you are hosting or know about any of these sort of birthday events that we can tell people. So we want you to tell us your name, uh, the name of the event, any fan group name that's hosting the celebration, the date, the time, where to get further information about the uh, Michael Jackson birthday celebration, where to get tickets if it's something that you need tickets for, maybe ticket prices if that's applicable, in no longer than a two-minute audio submission of just your voice, please. No background music and uh, minimal background noise um, if possible, just you. So, for example, if you guys have an iPhone, there's actually on your phone right now an app called Voice Memo. It's actually inbuilt into the iPhone, and you can just record with that and email it directly to us. And by doing so, by sharing in news of these celebrations for Michael's birthday around the world, it lets other fans in your area know about them and how they can join in and celebrate. So just again, quickly, the email is themjcast at icloud.com. We've actually got two submissions that we're going to play now. So thank you to Bruce and to uh, Elizabeth and Karen at 
MJAS for sending in these submissions. And we look forward to sharing this information with you now. And then hopefully next episode, we'll have a few more that we can share so that people can join in around the world to celebrate Michael's birthday. Hello, Bruce from Hollywood, California here. And I wanted to let you know about a really cool Michael Jackson birthday event happening on August 25th, a few days before his birthday. It's a roller skating party at a cool um, roller skating rink in Glendale called Moonlight Rollerway. This is Thursday, August 25th from 8 p.m. to midnight. Tickets are $15, which includes your skate rental. And it's going to be wall-to-wall Michael Jackson music the whole night. And they go all out. They have disco balls. They have black lights. They've got smoke. They've got flashing lights, little laser effects that go on the floor. It's really, really cool. Um, I've been going to this place for a number of years, and this year they've had um, tribute skates for both David Bowie and Prince after, sadly, both of their passings, which sold out within like an hour or two. Michael Jackson Skate Night has been on sale for over a week now, and when I got my tickets, the, um, the lady who sold me the ticket was like, spread the word. I don't know what's going on, but these tickets aren't selling. And I'm like, I don't understand why. I went to the Facebook page and I'm looking. I'm like, sure enough, there were 31 people confirmed to go. And now a week later, I'm looking on Facebook and there's 36 people confirmed to go. (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) So my efforts to spread the word haven't been working. Hopefully, MJ Cast with your huge reach, we can get some people here in California to show up at this event. Um, once again, it's Moonlight Rollerway, Thursday, August 25th, 8 p.m. to midnight, $15 ticket. They can only be purchased at the box office. You can't buy the tickets online, but you can get all the address information at their website, moonlightrollerway.com, or look for them on Facebook at Moonlight Rollerway. And um, you can see the information there. Just scroll down a little bit. And there's the whole invitation. Okay, um, hope to see some MJ Cast listeners at the event and everyone keep Michaeling. Hello, listeners of the MJ Cast and Jamin and Q. I'm Karen Merix. And I'm Elizabeth Amissu. This year, to celebrate Michael Jackson's 58th birthday, we have teamed up with our sponsor, Online Arts Education, to bring you a spectacular online birthday celebration. This includes two free video series on studying Michael Jackson and new academic courses in our MJ Academy, like the Michael Jackson's Dangerous online video course. All Michael Jackson Academy courses are 50% off. And as an extra gift, we would like to give listeners of the MJ cast an extra 25% off for the next seven days. Just use the code MJCAST. Find out loads more about our online bash and reawaken your appreciation of Michael Jackson's art at michaeljacksonstudies.org slash mj58. Keep Michaeling. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys, for sending those submissions in. And please, if you are involved with any Michael thing for his birthday, share it with us and let other fans know. Uh, People in Perth, Western Australia, just letting you know that there will be a catch-up on the 27th of August for Michael's birthday. It'll be at um, Fast Eddie's Restaurant in Murray Street, Perth. 
Um, if you email me at themjcast at icloud.com, I can forward you the details of that because we are just finalizing uh, whether it will be a lunch or a dinner. So we haven't got that finalized yet. So yeah, there will be an event in Perth, Western Australia as well. So send us an email and I can forward you the details. It's exciting. There's actually another Michael Jackson celebration coming up as well after his birthday. Um, looking out a little bit further to September uh, 10th, there is, of course, Kingvention happening at Park Plaza Victoria in London in the UK. It's 34 days, 22 hours, 51 minutes and and zero seconds away. Uh, <laughs> I know that because I'm on the Kingvention website right now, kingvention.com. They've got some great, great pictures there and a cool little countdown um, all around the, uh, the convention coming up. They've got some great guests there as well. Very, very excited for the lineup of people they have this year. Last year, they had um, Diana Walsack, a designer and sculptor of the Michael Jackson history statue, and they also had uh, Rob Hoffman, a studio engineer for Michael during the mid-90s, both of uh, whom we've had on the show as well. And uh, this year's really exciting too. They've got Yuko Samita Jackson, who was a dancer and choreographer during the Dangerous World Tour and also on Ghosts. Tom Russo, an engineer, mixer uh, and technical director for Michael Jackson during the Dangerous album. And Dan Beck, he's the guy that I'd love to hear from, the former SVP uh, Senior Vice President of Marketing and Sales at Epic Sony during the Dangerous and History eras. Uh, we know that Michael, you know, had a tough time during the early 90s with those um, false allegations. And I would just love to know the planning and uh, the work that went into um, marketing Michael as a recording artist after all of that sort of stuff happened. Um, Dan definitely would have had a big challenge on his shoulders there, and uh, it would have been it will be amazing to hear um, his plans um, for what happened during the 90s and how he worked with Michael. Beautiful, beautiful photo of him and Michael. If you go to kingvention.com and their special guest section, I've actually got um, a photo of him and Michael on stage at the it's kind of like a theater or auditorium on stage uh, where they filmed the You Are Not Alone music video and beautiful, beautiful photo, one of my favorites. I can also see here that they've got um, another guest that I didn't notice in the last time I was on their website, Jonathan Morrish, uh, former vice president of communications for Sony Music Europe. So yes, very interesting to hear from those people. So jump on the Kingvention website, kingvention.com, to see all about what's going to be there. There's, in addition to special guests, you've got Captain EO from page to screen, Q&A live panel discussions. Uh, you've got photo galleries, a massive dangerous album, art mural, the making of Moonwalker will be screened, uh, dangerous blast from the past as well. Um, lots of different things, musical performances, London uh, London International Gospel Choir performing Will You Be There, Club 30s to party with your MJ mates. Um, so, yeah, check out Kingvention and enjoy the world's best Michael Jackson convention. All right, finds of the week. Sandra, do you want to lead the charge with uh, your find? Yeah, well, there's this uh, little video, but very interesting. It's from um, K-pop group, of, um, uh, how do you say that? Boy, boy band. Yeah, boy band. Yes. You know, yeah, from South Korea. And it's um, a video when they are dancing to Billie Jean, but with these LED uh, lights 
on their clothes and it's very very cool and it's it's cool because you know it makes me think about the idea that Michael had for this is it to work with these lies on his customs yeah yeah and and you know it's it's cool because it looks very very uh what's the word for that it looks like it's uh made by computer because it's very uh, precise mm-hmm. you know how the lights work but uh i read that uh, they made it uh, themselves you know with the, with their movements whoa so it's yeah it was not uh, automatic it was you know they did it themselves so it's very very yeah. cool you should you should yeah. uh watch that and they use this uh remix of billy jean that is very very cool it's uh from black street i think oh cool yeah it's Teddy Riley's band. short, but yeah, but very nice. Yeah, Teddy Riley's. Yeah, awesome. We'll have that in the show notes uh, for everybody to check out. Mm-hmm. Q. Yes, mine is actually something that we sort of spoke about quickly before, and I know that we've spoken about it in previous episodes, but uh, mine will be the uh, original Unity album track Earth Song, which is with India. Of course, at the live concert, it was uh, Judith that performed Earth Song, but this is uh, the artist India. And yeah, it's just, I think it's such a message that is so relevant still. And it's uh, awesome how it's sort of been, not translated, but how it's sort of moved across into, you know, Peruvian rhythm with that Latin jazz sort of sound. And it's just like, you know, so worldly and so uniting um, that I just love that. So. Yeah, you'd know a lot more about that song than me, Sandra. Yeah, uh, that's uh, for me the most important uh, song of the album uh, because of the message and because of of uh, you know all the things that uh, Tony got to think when he was producing the song. And you know, it's it's for me it's very special because it's made in uh, Peruvian rhythm, Afro Peruvian rhythm. That's called Lando. And it's very, very nice. You you have to listen to it. You know, it's very special. And India is a singer that has a lot of soul in her. You know, she's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you you gotta you gotta see it.
hope you enjoyed that. I hope that you enjoyed the uh, the Latin flavor of that version of Earth Song from the uh, Unity album by Tony Suka and team. And yes, Jamin, what's your find of the week? My find of the week is images, so artworks. And uh, I, I just stumbled across them yesterday. There's this account that I recently started following on Facebook and Instagram called Ow. <laughs> um A-A-O-W, for those of you who want to find them. And they post a lot of really, really cool Michael Jackson art. Some of it, I think they make themselves other stuff they source from around the world. Anyway, um, this account recently just shared a deviant art gallery. For those of you who know the great art website that users contribute to called DeviantArt. Um, And there's an artist on there called Jay Odin. And they have a, uh, a gallery there full of Michael Jackson art pieces. And they are really, like, stunning, like, beautiful to look at. And they, the concept behind this series of posters that this um, Jay Odin artist has created is, uh, like, a Michael Jackson sort of full-body shot. So, that it depicts him from sort of the... Not his whole face, actually, just the nose down to about the knees... And uh, they show him in a comic book style uh, art piece. So it looks like something you would see in a comic book, but all of his classic, classic outfits. I'm looking at Rock With You, um, Black or White, The Way You Make Me Feel, Thriller, Beat It, Billie Jean, all these really great outfits, Smooth Criminal. And then around them are these moments of action from the music videos or or different things like that. Uh, And... Really stunning to look at, and I think Jay Odin's done a phenomenal job putting these pieces of art together, and I really encourage you to jump onto um, the website, DeviantArt, and check them out. We'll have a link in the show notes. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I'd seen some of those on our Tumblr page before. Oh. But I hadn't – I think this is like the full collection Yeah, What's pretty it? much. It's, I think – what is there? Two, four, six, eight, ten. There's about 12 here. Um, so, yeah, I'd seen the – Billie Jean, Smooth Criminal, Thriller, and maybe the Beat It one, but I hadn't seen any of the others before, so it was so awesome to see more. I think my favorite is the Remember the Time one. Yeah, that is a beauty. It's I just love that gorgeous. One. The way and he captures bad. the shimmering light on the golden yeah. shirt. Wow. I love the bad one. That's really dark and cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. I would love to get... These would be really nice, like, if you could buy them from him. Like, frame As posters. Them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like posters, yeah. Really cool. So cool. Nice one. Good find, Jamin. There's our finds. Cool. Speaking of, you can find us at themjcast.com. And if you're already listening, thank you very much. I hope you have subscribed. It is free to subscribe. We're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and... A whole bunch of others. I think we're even on, what's that other one, Podbean now? High listeners on Podbean. We're still trying to figure out how we got on Podbean and <laughs> what that is, but I'm glad that you're tuning in and thank you for your comments. Appreciate that. Go Podbean. Um, you'll find us on Twitter as the MJ Cast, Facebook, the MJ Cast, Instagram, the MJ Cast. Detecting a pattern here over on YouTube, you can search the MJ Cast and find us, or go to YouTube.com/slash plus the MJ Cast, and we're also over on Tumblr. And email us the MJ Cast at iCloud.com because we love hearing from you. Did I miss anything, Jamin? MySpace. 
Oh my god! <laughs> if I remembered my password, <laughs> hell yeah! I love my. I hate Facebook. Oh, it's what awful a flashback! Yeah, yeah. MySpace was so easy to use. I even knew how to embed videos on that page. I don't know how to do that on Facebook. It's too complicated. <laughs> um, have a couple of thank yous. Firstly, Sue C from the US left a lovely message on um, the Michael Jackson Journal of Academic Studies about our interview. I think it was about us. Maybe it was about Jenkins over at Moonwalk Talks. It was lovely what she wrote. Do you think it was about us? I think it was about us. Yeah, it was. Sue, thank you. I know you're listening. Um, Sue's comment was so nice. It was I was really humbled and moved by it and so appreciative. And it was super fun uh, answering the questions from um, Karen and Elizabeth over at the journal. Um, apparently, it's their, their most sort of read interview ever. I read this morning. Whoa. Which shocked said. me because they've interviewed like Joe Vogel and stuff. So, I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting that. But um, And I know there's a couple of comments over there, but the, the one from Sue, yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And we really appreciate your support and listening and, um, yeah, was just really moved by that. So thank you. Uh, we had some emails. Mike from Jacksonville in Florida. Hey, man, how you doing? Um, and I wanted to say if we have someone on a special episode that was connected to those tracks, we will be sure to ask for sure. Um, Bruce Aguilera, thank you not only for your audio submission. Um, we love hearing from you. But the article link, I haven't had a chance to read the article link, but I will. So thank you for that. Uh, Lena Jacob, um, I wanted to say this is something I would love to do. If not this season, we will definitely try all we can for him in season three because, yes, that would be an incredible guest to speak to. Uh, Denise Purcell, thanks for sharing your Twitter chat with Sean Lennon. Uh, back in episode 36, we spoke about that strange video that Sean Lennon put out uh, about Michael and Bubbles. Um, yeah, interesting stuff there, Denise. I can see the point that he was trying to make, but to me, the video is still too sinister to be comfortable with or worthy of really of my further study. But yeah, thanks for sharing that chat. It was really interesting hearing what Sean had to say. Um, and lastly, thank you, Sharon Pavlowski, Pavlowski, sorry. Thank you, Sharon Pavlowski um, for that great topic idea uh, and something along the lines of a plan that I was already thinking of for a future episode or maybe more than one. So thank you for that idea, Sharon, also. I just want to give a thank you as well to... Um, okay. I really want to thank the Jackson family for the commitment that they've put in over the past four weeks, really, to defending Michael. And I know it's probably something that they don't see as a chore or an effort because it's their son and father and uncle and brother, but it's just so awesome to be a fan of Michael Jackson and to watch his family defend him against these people that are out there wanting to bring his name down. And, it's and such, their name. And their name. And it's such an injustice. And mm -hmm. it's just great that we as fans have people to look up to and to fight with. So, yeah, thank you. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Um, we played some music on this episode.
We sure did. We played some some cool stuff from uh, Nick. Uh, remix I love by Nick. Nick. You can't beat Nick if you if you love Michael <laughs> Jackson remixes. And I'm I'm his biggest biggest fan. No, no, I'm his, I'm biggest, his biggest fan. fan. You can't be oh Nick's fan. Oh. <laughs> and you know, I used to hate remixes. Really? Yeah, but with him, I mean, he's no, he's you know, we we in Spanish we say a capo. You know, he's a so good. A capo. He's so good. He's so good. You know, I'm so proud of him. He captures the essence and yes. just either has the theme. So for the human nature, it's got that tropical remix theme that we played today. But he captures that original essence and just transplants it perfectly um, yeah. or transplants it into like a modern sound. But it doesn't for me, and I think a lot of people that loves Nick's stuff, it just does not mm -hmm. take away from the original thing. It's yeah, just fantastic. Because he's a fan, you know. He's a fan, so he respects his music first of everything. That's why it, it comes so wonderful. I really want to do a remix by Nick Special. Yeah. Ooh, there's a good idea. Come on the show, yep. Nick. <laughs> Hit us up, man. Thank you for letting us play your stuff. We really appreciate it, and it's so good. Always gets incredible feedback, and I think it's um, – one of the always popular when we do the Twitter polls. Yes. Don't forget, we'll do a Twitter poll of uh, your favourite song from the episode a few days after the episode release. Um, so, yeah, go, go check that out because, yeah, often Nick's are the, the number one choice. Uh, we also played yep. Mr. Revels, Berg's tropical mix of Michael Jackson and Akon's Hold My Hand, which was a, a great track. And, of course... Find of the week was Earth Song from Unity, a Latin tribute to Michael Jackson. Hope you enjoyed the music on this episode. That's it. Cool. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us, Sandra. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. Very exciting show to be a part of. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> and you're going to have a good sleep, I hope. And then tomorrow, I think you're going to be pretty busy. Yes, I know, but happy. You're going to wake up to a whole new reality. You're going to wake up to being <laughs> a Michael Jackson Podcaster. podcast host. Oh, my and God. And you're going to be getting messages like you wouldn't believe every day. <laughs> Luckily, I've got a social guy who handles that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes. No, I love all that. Oh, that's good. And I do apologize awesome. to our Twitter followers. I feel really bad. But I'm so busy Monday to Friday at my job at school that... um. I'm just terrible at replying to messages. I'm very sorry. Thank you, Q. For they, that's okay. It's good fun. They all must know when I'm, uh, you know, about to go to bed or just woken up in the morning before work because I always do a whole bunch of retweets and <laughs> yeah. uh, tweet quotes all in a big burst a couple of times a day. Oh. It's like, oh, Q's, Q's on the ground. Q's on the ground. He's not in the air at the moment. Oh, you're not that bad. You only put out maybe, say, five or six at a time. Do you follow J. Randy Tarabarelli? Because, no. man, I follow him and he tweets like he doesn't actually tweet a lot himself. He just retweets like 50 things in a row. And my whole Twitter timeline is just bam. You know, you can just disable people's retweets. Yeah, but then I, I worry I'm going to miss something really big and important if I do that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but then you'll probably be already following the original person. That's true. So I, then you won't miss it. Yeah, that's a good point. All our Twitter followers, I'm sorry, I have disabled all of your retweets. I can tell you that right now. They are all disabled. 
All right. Well, I am going to uh, sign off. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of the MJ Cast. We will see you soon. Please send in your audio submissions for Michael Jackson birthday celebrations. This is Q. Michael on. Keep Michaeling. Keep Michaeling. So you guys, um, one of the ad breaks today was the little eSonic disc baby, some sort of, I guess, a digital, early digital sort of player. Have you guys seen yeah. that ad before? Yes. Yeah, it's hilarious. Why is it funny, Jamin? It's cheesy. It's cool. What do you mean? It's, it's, why it's, is like, it cheesy? It's, it's cheesy because it's like so retro. It's like so 90s. It's like everything about the 90s in one video. I love it. Yeah, almost. <laughs> Did you notice... Uh, Omar Batty little cameo? No. Oh. I, I saw you say that he's in it, but I didn't pick up on that. And I don't know whether that's just me not looking hard enough. But Well, he's pretty young at the time. I'm just going to watch it again now on silent. Oh, but I love the sounds. Such is, a good mix. Is, is, is he right at the very start? No, that's end. not him. No, he's, right at the, he's one of the two little boys at the very end. Okay. I think he has a hat on. I'm oh, watching. yeah, that's him there. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's really clever. If anyone out there has one of these devices, let us know. What was it? <laughs> it's just so cool how Michael's like, I give you the future. <laughs> <laughs> I love his look. Like yeah. that whole jacket and, oh, my God, that look in the history era. Oh, my God, to die for. But that heaven. so was the future. Like that, like it's not really a thing now, but I remember in the really early 2000s, there were heaps of people getting around with these like laptop looking devices, but they weren't laptops. They're just DVD players. Like, Oh, like, yeah, the travel DVD players. Yeah. I really wanted one for work. I nearly got one to take with me to work when I was on overnights and stuff. But then technology sort of moved so quickly that I didn't need to. Well, yeah, you just get a laptop and it would do that anyway. Oh, no, laptops are too heavy to cart around in my crew bag. Do you take your iPad I mean, now, like from city to every, city? Oh, yeah, from city to city. I don't do it on day trips, just on overnights. But I honestly don't have time to sit and watch movies or TV shows. I'm usually catching up with friends in other cities or you know, doing social media for this or, um, yeah, reading a book. What are, you, so, what are you reading at the moment? Garden books. Oh, yeah, for your new place. That must be getting yeah. ready. You must be getting ready to move in soon. Couple of weeks. Wow. I can't actually guarantee I'll be on the next show. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Literally, cannot guarantee that. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, you'll have, have to put to get some um, Sandra back or something. Yeah, yeah. It might be just you and I. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we showed that little um, or played that Esonic ad. That's always been one of my favourites. I love that. Re- Do you like that remix, Sandra? 
Yeah, it's nice. It's not as good as Nick. No. No. <laughs> Nothing's as no. good as Nick, except Mike. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> MJ Cast.